This podcast was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG after strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the material being covered here wouldn't exist. Welcome to the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 fan cast, where a steampunk girl, a lifelong sci-fi fan, and a rocket scientist chat about the popular 2009 sci-fi series. There's never a dull moment with the agents dedicated to protect humankind from unexplained phenomena that manifest their powers in special objects. And there's all those friendships and relationships along the way. Grab a cookie while you can. Hope you don't smell fudge. Gear up with your Farnsworth Tesla and Neutralizer. And let's have some fun by snagging it, bagging it, and tagging it. Greetings and welcome to Artie's Attic, a Warehouse 13 fan cast. I'm the podcast custodian, SP. I'm here to push buttons and clean up after the party is over. That's it. The real star of the show with me is Agent Shannon from such notable sci-fi podcasts as Voices Defiance and Strange New World. Shannon! Woo-hoo! I can't be Captain Bubbles this time. That's okay. That's okay. It's still Captain Bubbles on the other one. You'll figure out a good na- name for yourself, just like you did before. Actually, I don't think I named myself before. That was someone else. But anyways, we have Carolyn. My homie. It is her podcast premiere, a longtime sci-fi fan, Agent Carolyn. Hello. We get to be agents this time. To be agents. Ooh, I've never been an agent. So is it a warehouse agent or is it a secret servant agent? It's a warehouse agent. All right. I think you're both, aren't you? Like you're a secret service agent when you're out in the field having to find it. When you had to flash that badge. We need the flash badge. You're definitely a secret we service. We do. We do need badges. Yeah. I think mm. we need badges. I've got a badge. It's a defiance badge. I have one of those too. Aww. I've also got I a need Coulson a badge. badge. They're hard to find. They are. Yeah. So on this show, we are discussing what will be, by the time we finish the whole thing, a 15-year-old show that premiered on the Sci-Fi Network, the rebranded Skiffy Network in 2009. 2009. I miss that type of sci-fi, don't you? I miss having that and Eureka. I miss Eureka quite a bit. I miss Eureka. I loved that show. Those kind of shows that we had before they became, I mean. Now it's just horror and vampire. Let's just face it. Like they changed it to Siffy and I wasn't much of a fan. Because prior to that, when it was sci-fi, you had great shows like Stargate. Mm -hmm. It's Stargate, right? You don't have that kind of stuff on anymore. And you still, every once in a while, you have great shows like Winona Earp or like Defiance, but it's just not the same to me anymore. Got Dark Matter too. Dark Matter was a great one. See, you have good ones, but then they cancel the good ones and they bring on Godzilla versus a tarantula kind of crap. I'm like, why? Sharknado. Yeah. Real winning. Yes. Even notice for all the cons you go to. There's never a sci-fi booth at the cons. I think they're going to, I think they know they'll get the butts kicked. I mean, there's all sorts of sci-fi things happening, but there's never a representative from the sci-fi channel. All the good sci-fi shows are on other streaming services like Foundation over on Apple TV Plus. And you could just go down the list of all the other streaming services, Paramount Plus with Star Trek. And None of it is on Skiffy. Look, look, DiFi. DiFi is what we call it. So I've been calling it DiFi since Defiance. Yeah. But I could not handle the stress that it causes me if my Star Trek was on the Sci-Fi channel. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Thank God. Anyway. <laughs> Warehouse 13 premiered on July 7th, 2009. It was a two-hour premiere with the episode titled, Cleverly, Pilot. (laughs) It's okay. They made up for it. It was a great series. I mean, it was a great two. I mean, it was long last night. 
I'm like, this is longer yeah. than a normal episode as I'm dozing off. But, <laughs> but I've watched it. Look, I've watched it so many times. I remember going through the entire season the first two times. And then having Carrie and coming home on maternity leave and restarting the whole thing over again, which is where I discovered Varian Wells, which led me down a whole other rabbit hole. <laughs> whole, I mean, I discovered fan fiction again. Let me just tell you. That, yes, Varian Wells. <laughs> just leave it there. <laughs> the pilot was directed by Jace Alexander. He has 49 directing credits, which started in 1994, including... Two episodes of Xena Warrior Princess, mm -hmm. an episode of Ally McBeal, 32 episodes of Law and Order, an episode of House, two episodes of Prison Break, one episode of a personal favorite of mine, Burn Notice, two episodes of Warehouse 13, we'll see him again in episode three, three episodes of Royal Pain, one episode of The Blacklist, one episode of The Tomorrow People, and one episode of Scorpion. Didn't see any IMDb directing credits after 2015. But he was pretty active for about 20 years. Jane Epstein, I think is the, where, where's she? She's the creator. She's creator slash she did write, co-write this episode. Jane She's Epstein. gone on to other things too. Yeah, she has 24 writing credits. And this is her writing, not producing credits, but 24 writing credits since 2008, including 20 episodes of Battlestar Galactica, 17 yeah. episodes of Caprica. So 37 episodes in all in that property. 10 episodes of Torchwood, 151 episodes of Once Upon a Time. That was another big series that she was involved I like in that as, one. Yes. as a producer. I like that show. I podcasted about her on Jessica Jones. She wrote 13 episodes of the Netflix series, Jessica Jones. And the series that I just mentioned from Apple TV Plus, three episodes of Foundation. Okay. I haven't seen Foundation yet, but going back to her for a second, clearly she writes things that the three of us like to watch. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I haven't seen Foundation yet either, but it keeps coming up on my Apple TV as something to watch. I just have to have that magical I thing called time. TV in forever. Yeah. Second season is coming out soon, so I'm probably I haven't finished the first season to be honest with you. I did roll the first season as long as I could before I had to divert to something else, and I plan to get back to it. I've heard, I've heard good things. Let me just tell you Warehouse 13, for me, I'm glad we're doing this finally, because even though it's been gone and out of people's minds for a couple of years, I still come back to it. And I still say, even though I love other things, I love Defiance, I love Battlestar Galactica, Warehouse 13 is always my number one. Now, those who know me know that I love history, know that I love science, and when I mash them together, what do I get, Carolyn? Warehouse 13. I get steampunk. <laughs> Right. Yep. So when you have steampunk and all these things, plus it feels like a history lesson in every episode, because even though, of course, they embellish about what they're talking about, it's still a real person or a real thing that they've talked about, like Edward Allan Poe. I mean, I love everything about Warehouse 13. Everything. So it is yes. always my go to favorite favorite show that i use all the quotes for i have so many i have an entire folder of gifts that i keep on my phone just waiting to, to throw them out that i have them but i mean just the characters the storyline the artifacts the science the steampunk that you see in artie's office everything about it then the burying in wells to throw that on top because that just makes me a bigger fan and I am a fangirl for life for Warehouse 13. Always. It was co-written by D. Brent Mott, who has seven writing credits since 1994, one episode of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, two episodes of Atomic Train, and all 64 episodes of Warehouse 13. The showrunner, which was announced after the pilot, so Jack Kenny was the showrunner from episode two all the way to the end. He has a total of 16 producing credits since 1996, including Carolyn in the City, Titus, Warehouse 13, Falling Skies, and Jessica Jones. Oh, Falling Skies. I like that show, too. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Really? It, it was really good. It was I liked it. With Dr. Carter from ER. Noah Wiley. I like Noah oh, Wiley. Oh, okay. He was the librarian in Librarians and in Librarians, the TV show. 
which is both very suspiciously good. so much like Warehouse of Tea when they canceled it for the magicians. Yes, I remember. Yeah, I never watched it. <laughs> I liked it. It was really good. But I like things that Dean Devlin does. Notable cast, Eddie McClintock. He plays Pete Latimer, and he gets the vibes. And the cookies. <laughs> yeah, he gets all the cookies. Joanne Kelly played Micah Baring, and she is the bookstore nerd, I guess, in this, and the turned secret service agent. agent. Yeah, And meticulous. Yes, very meticulous. Photographic memory, which is quite mm-hmm. annoying in my house. <laughs> Saul Rubinek played Artie Nielsen. That is what this podcast is named after his attic. Artie's attic. Now, in this episode, he calls it America's attic, but mm-hmm. it's really worldwide, so we're going to go with Artie's attic. That's a good choice. I like it. Lena was played by Janelle Williams, and she her character is a slow burn. You learn more and more and more about mm-hmm. her as you go along. I don't think we learn everything about her until season five. I would agree. Mrs. Frederick. Mrs. Frederick, yeah. played by CCH Pounder. She was amazing. How she keeps a straight face through all that, I don't know. But it's pretty cool. <laughs> Pops up whenever you're not expecting. If you ever watch the behind the scenes of it, she's like in between Kate's takes, she's dancing and moving around. So her and Eddie McClintock would, would goof off a lot. And then there's Claudia. Yep. And we don't get Claudia until like episode four or five of this season. And even then, five. she was only in a couple episodes and she really comes in season two. Mm-hmm. So she's one, of, she is my favorite character. And we don't get her until season two. So, whatever. Anyway, the series is all about these agents that go out and get these mystical artifacts and they snag it, bag it, and tag it. Correct. And it's awesome history lesson in between. In this episode, we have artifacts. The Are we going to call Thomas Edison's human-powered card? Are we going to call that an artifact? Yes. Okay. Is it an actual artifact, or is it just the way they get around the warehouse? Well, I guess it's just the way that they get around, because if it was an artifact... They don't ha- it doesn't have any powers other than it's powered by people. Right, correct. Because if it was if it was an artifact, it would have a place on the shelf, or it would have a tag, or it would have yeah. a negative energy behind it so it's just right. something he invented to get around in the warehouse yeah what i want to know with this cart is if you put more people in the cart does it go faster or is that just it only can take two it would and it weight it down it more that's what i was thinking <laughs> like you put more people you get more energy but you weight it down more so it has to move more weight my question is if you have more than one wishes would you get more than one, more than one little pete's I think you only get one wish per touch on the kettle. Yeah. Oh, I'm having, okay, I'm going to age myself here. Okay. What was, <laughs> what was it? Poco and Oko? Was that the, what was, the, what was the name of the ferrets from the, from Beastmaster? That's what it was. Oh, oh, I can't remember, See, but I know what you're talking you know about. You're talking it's about, right? Beastmaster. That's the movie, Beastmaster. Yes. What was the name of those Poco ferrets? Poco and, I just, I just remember Tanya Roberts. I'm just saying <laughs> I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Right, so they had two, had two ferrets. ferrets. Yes. I'm not a ferret fan, so I don't remember the names, but I remember <laughs> Beastmaster. He also had the bloodstone when we started. That was pretty nasty, just bleeding oh, yeah. out there. Yeah, right? And you had the kettle, you had Harry Houdini's wallet, and you had the hair comb. Did I miss any artifacts here? I think pretty much covers it. I think that was all that was in this one. In this one, yeah. I love how at the beginning of this series, I always tell people, if you've never watched Warehouse 13, give Micah's character a couple episodes because she's she's meant to not be liked at first. She's meant to be the stick in the mud, right? And you're meant to like Pete. So Mm -hmm. until they find their groove, which I like because working in the fields that I do, you don't find that groove with a partner right away. You have to work into it. I did not like Micah when this first aired. Did not like her. I like most of the characters on Eureka right away, but I did not like, because these aired about the same time, premiered about the same time. So I had problems getting into this specifically because, because of Micah. Her. Because of her. Yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah. yeah, I always say the same thing. You got you to give her 
two, three episodes in before she really starts coming into her own. And then you realize just how photographic and how smart and how needed she is to complete the team. Artie knew both their names right there at the event that he was there Mm -hmm. snagging and tagging the bloodstone. So these two had been under surveillance on, on some sort of list for a while. Right. By Mrs. Frederick. They've been watched. Dickinson, who's their boss, said that they were his top two agents or two of his best agents. So right. they are good at what they do. She's very meticulous. She's very detailed. She's very straightforward. Gets, you know, by the book, gets things done. That's why she's always picked. Pete is always good because he's very good at his using his intuition, what he calls yeah, a vibe. But of course, yeah. you're not going to tell anybody you get vibes because they'll look at you like you're crazy. But he uses it as his intuition. He has to pee in the cup. Pop, I'm sure he, yep. I'm sure he had to do that a lot in that career. <laughs> he's just going to the bathroom. That's it. <laughs> She's going places and he's going to the bathroom. He was suspended with pay, though. It wasn't without pay. It was it with was. pay. That yeah. just means yeah. that they're used to his vibes and peeing in the cup quite a bit. Yeah, just go do it. So much paperwork. Let's go. It's all about the Yeah, paperwork. he was happy at the warehouse when they got there. He's like, dude, I'm getting paid either way, so I'm going to have fun in this warehouse. He was like a little kid in that warehouse when he first got there. He's like, I want to touch everything. We touch this. Don't touch that, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Stay together. Stay together. Which becomes like <laughs> one of the mottos because he's always such... There's, there's an episode. I can't even remember what season is where where they're, uh, he's, he, they're in the museum. You ever seen that one where they're in the museum and he's touching everything and, and, and Artie's like, well, which one do you think affected him? And Mike is like, I don't know. He touched literally everything in here. <laughs> he, touches, he touches everything. Like a toddler. Quit. Or he licks the screen. Yeah, that's, that's so much like a kid, right? Mm-hmm. I love the way that he played it, though. The childlike wonder that he has in everything that he does and the way he just looks at the world and helps Micah see the world in a different way so that she can kind of loosen her panties kind of thing. As he said, <laughs> as so he much in her. a bunch, as he says in the first film of episode. That was like, Ooh, you did not just say that. We learned in this episode a little bit of exactly why she's so stuck up at the moment, right? We do. If you mm-hmm. have the kind of personality of an agent that's by the book, does everything correct. But yet she still feels like a failure at her job because she got her boyfriend killed. Or so she thinks she got him killed. She wasn't at fault, but she feels guilty because everything's on her watch. A lot of people do. A lot of people I know do that. A lot of people are the hardest on themselves. And then it just spirals outward, right? So you get to you get to hear a little bit about the backstory. You don't get the whole whole story yet, but you get a little bit of why she's so not fun at the moment. Yeah. Why she's so stiff and strict and exactly. by the book, because if she isn't, people die. So when you break the rules, people die. And now she's partnered with this idiot man child that won't quit touching <laughs> things. And she and she it, it aggravates her because she's like, looks at him like, I cannot believe I got punished and being stuck with you. So that's why she tries so hard to get back out of this situation she's in. There ain't nobody. No way she wants to be stuck with a man-child when she's so much by the book, because he is not. He tells her the story of her dad. He takes a bullet, and eventually he's the one that bags the artifact at the end because she gets tesla Right. Well, yeah, because she was about to shoot herself in the head. Right. So it was Pete that made everything happen. I think that's what got her to change her mind at the end and say, no, nah, I'll stay. Well, it's that magic because now she has found something that she can't explain. It's not by the book, but yet it happened to her. Mm -hmm. Now we have some investigation to do. She's seen it firsthand. So she's like, okay, so it's not so bunk after all. And you know, it's funny because throughout the entire season, it's a running joke about how she's the only one that's read the, the manual. Right. So, yes. So now, now she has something. Okay, that that doesn't make sense, and she seems like the personality that's going to go and find out why this happened. Why this happened to me? 
what are you really hiding? And for a while, I think in the next couple episodes, you see that they don't really trust Artie because he's very secretive and doesn't give him answers. Artie is terrible. He's a terrible teacher. When he sits them down at the table, he's like, okay, here's the Farnsworth. Here's the gun. And here's the neutralizer. Just go. Just don't get killed. I'm like, that's a terrible instruction. Horrible motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure out what's wrong with this situation. Uh, Okay. How? I don't know. Just go figure it out. Oh, okay. Like, it's that easy. And oh, by the way, my two former partners had their clock stopped. So don't have that happen to you either. Yeah. Ask these questions. They'll save your life. (laughs) Do you ever smell fudge where there's no fudge (laughs) present? I remember that to this day. I use that all the time. The whole fudge Mm -hmm. line. And that was here in episode one. Mm -hmm. I use I smell apples. And there's not a whole. And remember, we we were talking about that. I liked it because he came up with that. There's not a whole lot of people that understand what that is unless you've watched the entire series. Correct. So we get the Tesla. That is the gun. That's the stun gun, basically, that we get here. And if you go to Stargate SG-1, it's like a zat gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Basically, don't zat somebody three times because then they disappear. But it's a different sort of gun. Except for the uh, the zat gun will work more than just once and need to be recharged. Tesla was kind of like one and done for a little bit. You'll like notice it, it improves over the series because right now when they shoot it, it's so much power and it knocks their entire arm back and then it's they're done, right? But over time, it's more refined and you could use it more time more than one time style it back a little bit it's not full power style, style it back, back. <laughs> just style it back it's fine we get the farnsworth which back when this came out in 2009 facetime on your phone wasn't really a thing i mean it i guess was available maybe not but the farnsworth was your star trek communicator the video communicator in 2009 and we were so close if we didn't, I'll have to go back and look and see when FaceTime actually came out. But now we do it all the time. Back then, it was something that wasn't common. So it was a pretty neat thing. And if they were using it in the 100 years or so, 150 years or so before that, there was no iPhone. So this was it. This is the this way is how it, the yeah. warehouse agents communicated. And I love the buzz it makes when you've got a phone call coming in for the longest time because i'm that kind of geek for the longest time i had that as my is my notifications the buzz yeah i've gone through nice so i've gone through the buzz of, of warehouse 13 i've gone through the communicator from defiance mm. i've gone through um well for the longest time it's been pink panther tech man but but it's normally <laughs> it's normally my and, and then I liked the ending credit song for the Four Houser team. That was my ringtone for the longest time. I'm just that kind of a geek. Uh, mine's been Firefly for the longest time. Nice. I used to That's have Stargate on mine before Apple got away with, you know, you put your own in, your own ringtones in, mm-hmm. and then they got away with it for copyright purposes or whatever. And I haven't found, like, the actual song for the intro and the outro for Stargate SG-1. And I haven't had that for years because mine is very controversial at the moment but it was it was my ringtone before it became controversial i'm just gonna say that there's a certain singer that's all over the internet at the moment <laughs> i know which one you're he's talking my about. favorite singer and that ringtone is not changing just saying <laughs> love the art not the artist sort of thing okay no i love the artist we also have the neutralizer which I don't think it was described here, but eventually we find out that it's actually manufactured by Global Dynamics, which is in Eureka. Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I love how, what other show did they had out there at the time that was going to be able to cross over with Warehouse 13? I mean, you had Fargo and Claudia together. That was, yep. that was a great crossover. Mm, yep. You know what else they've done on this show? Throughout the series, there's a lot of crossovers. Well, not, I guess they're crossover, like the word, but there's a lot of guest stars for Star Trek people. I think there's like Mm -hmm. six of them. So, five, five or six. Because this was filmed up in Vancouver, Toronto. Toronto. I was going to say Vancouver. It was filmed in Toronto. So you had the. 
Toronto area actors come in for cameos? You have later on, you're going to have Kate Milgrew play Pete's mom. That's that was so good to have that as his uh, mom. That was just I was as soon as that popped up, I was like, "Oh, that's perfect." What was the guy's name that played Odo? I can't remember his name. Uh, Renee. Yeah, Renee from Deep Space Nine. He was in it. Mm-hmm. He was a warehouse agent. You had Jerry Ryan was in it. Jerry Ryan was in it. You had seven uh, of nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Pete's ex-wife, right? Yeah, Pete's ex-wife, Agent Gasson. Yeah. He played in the Star Trek movie with Chris Pine. What was that? Which one? The first one. J.J. Abrams' track? Yes. Just Star Trek, yeah. He played the captain that got killed when, <clears throat> when Hemsworth took over. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I don't know his name. I just know his face, and I know that's who he was. And then, of course, you have Quark. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's so many Star Trek. So I I'm just telling you, I love I love it when my fandoms collide. I do. Mm-hmm. One last thing that I noted that we got the first of, which will come back eventually, is we got the warehouse zip line. Yeah. Oh yeah. The first time you see the it. Drop from the zip line. I don't it think didn't work I would out like well. that so much. They need that that I think they need a better dismount for that. That that definitely is not a good dismount. <laughs> Already had the big helmet on. Oh my god! <laughs> well, what they need is a Claudia to fix it. Yeah, I can't remember well, if she yeah, gets on the, the zip line eventually. Got so much better after Claudia actually yes. joined the I warehouse. I cannot it, tell you like, how many times up. that I wish that I had that. I wish it was a real thing because Claudia, for for Artie's glasses, she created a transmitter, and you could put your two ends of your of your glasses together, and it would buzz and tell you where he left his glasses. I need that so badly. <laughs> I, I lose my glasses all the time. Put an air tag on it. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that won't cause them to be heavy and fall off your face at all. <laughs> no, fine. no. I got one it's on fine. my dog. <laughs> like the dog gets loose. I want an air tag on it. I want to figure it out. The problem <laughs> with having an air tag on the dog is if anybody else is walking the dog and the air tags aren't shareable right now because we're not at iOS 17 yet, it gives you that notification that somebody has put an air tag on you that is, you know, stalking you, that sort of thing. If you're not the owner of the air tag on the dog. So it's like, great. Nobody else can walk my dog. So there was another thing that came out of this episode, another astute thing. And, and Carolyn's mom actually took on a special task for this. So shout out to Carolyn's mom here. What'd she do? Are you talking about the cookie count? Yes, I'm talking about the cookie count. Decided that we would, from now on, for all of the episodes, we're going to count how many cookies each episode that Pete eats. Because it kind of becomes a thing. It's kind of like a drinking game? Yeah, it's kind of, well, sure, you can go and make it a drinking thing. (laughs) So far in this one, we counted that he's only eaten two cookies. Like, actually saw him on camera eat two cookies. That's all we've seen him eat. That I counted in this one. But it started with Artie. That's how Artie got Pete into the warehouse in the first place. Because they were both still apprehensive to go into the warehouse in the first oh, place. Oh, and yeah. and uh, Artie was like, I baked cookies. <laughs> and you just see Pete's face like, ooh. <laughs> That'd be like leading Michaela through something with a water burger in her hand. Come on, come on, come on. Burger yeah. King. Yes, bur- yes. Look at Burger King in front of law. He also got Micah in by eating. He Artie was eating the cookie. Micah said, I don't do sugar. And but she came in anyway because she was standing on a huge mountain. Big pile of, of crap. Yes. Big pile of it. Yep. Okay. And then they were at the B and mm-hmm. they Micah was eating cookies, right? Mm-hmm. So that's another cookie thing. This was after Houdini's wallet had fallen out of her purse and if we notice that little piece the wallet fell into her purse and then that was when she started eating sugar after the wallet fell into her purse hey look Artie's got little mesh wire on order right now it's just not there <laughs> yet so he's asked for it for years from mrs frederick <laughs> okay so two things do we ever hear the properties of houdini's 
What does it do? It was it. No, I don't know if we hear it, but you, they zoomed in on the little piece of paper of what it is and that it was extremely dangerous and that it was Harry Houdini's. It, I think it may have said something on there. I'll have to go back and so look. We don't know I what think it, it said something what it on there. caused Micah to do. Well, it looks like it causes Micah to hear her dead. Was that a fiance or a boyfriend? boyfriend? Did we find out it was boyfriend? His right? boyfriend. Okay. So His, we ma- hear that it's boyfriend. <laughs> that it's actually her boyfriend's voice that he she keeps hearing. And Marty says something about it when it goes into the, when, you know, she says that she's got a stowaway and puts it in the little plastic bag to make it zap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, this touched something. Something's going on. So uh, Artie's wise to something going on. And that's when she starts eating sugar because she eats cookies at the when they're at that night. And then when she's out, uh, when he hears her voice again, she's eating ice cream. She eats when she's nervous. The second thing, the behind the scenes in reality, she grew up. Joe and Kelly grew up in Newfoundland. Newfoundland? Is that how you say it? Newfoundland. That's where she's from. So behind the scenes, they talked about one time about how that was a real pile of manure. She's like, yeah, but I grew up on a farm, so this doesn't affect me. So <laughs> she's used to stepping well, on poop. Well, wait, I grew up on a farm, too. If I'm standing on a big hill of manure, I know. I, no, you don't. <laughs> how do you get not me out of sink here? into it? You do. You have the only reason that you would ever actually walk out on a big mountain of cow crap is if you have to like it's actually steaming like it's going to catch on fire or something and you got to turn it over because it's decomposing and, and whatever you go in with like waiters because you don't want that crap anywhere on you you how are sealed packed, up how packed full of poop do you have to be in order for you not to sink down into that pile that's a lot it's of gotta poop. be pretty packed that's pretty yeah. packed yeah but how did that one cow create that big of a pile? And what was the cow's purpose? I forgot. And the other thing, how did he, what did he have to do to those fish? Because he came back and he said, I had to fix the fish. What did he have to do to those fish? You asked <laughs> what earlier was that thing? if we saw another artifact and we did. We did. The, the football. The football. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The football. I don't know if it's an artifact or technology because isn't a sensor you throw it around the earth and it senses things and it comes back. I think we learned that later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you're right. It's probably not an artifact. He uses it because it transmits the locations of, of artifacts that's happening. Right. The energy. Yes. It's amazing how he could just throw it straight up though. What did he, what was that tool that he was using to fix the fish? I'm not sure. I don't remember, but you'll see it later on because Claudia uses it. Oh. Was she fixing the fish too? (laughs) We get a lot of knowledge in the future. We get knowledge of what's happened to former warehouses. I mean, this is warehouse 13. There are former warehouses that go back into, I don't know, the library of, of, of whatever it was. Right. So. Number yeah, 12. He said what date it was, like 1865 or something like that. Or Warehouse number 12. Down. Yes. But Warehouse 12 was in London. And that was in the, in the year 1800s. That was in the Victorian era, which is my favorite time period. <laughs> but then Warehouse, I don't know the ones in between, because they really only talked about Warehouse. They think two, and, two is in Egypt. I think we get nine at one point in time, too. So, like, two, nine, and twelve. I don't know. I don't remember specifically, but I do remember we get into the history of the warehouses we'll get eventually. We'll and the regents, we haven't even seen the regents yet. That was a whole other layer that we just don't get here in the pilot. And then the... the no, they have to slowly put those things in. Can't overwhelm you too much in the first episode. Carolyn, the other regents from Firefly. Oh, they are. Yeah. See? I'm going to love watching this thing again because I'm going to be like, oh, oh. I'm telling you, we're going to watch and be like, I know that face. I know that face. You know that face. I remember this Either one. that or I'm going to be texting you, Shannon, who's that person? You have face recognition. I t- you know what? Sean makes fun of me all the time. I do. I'm pretty good at faces. I don't remember names all the time. That's why I'm trying to describe, yeah, he was in Star Trek. He, he died before, you know, Hemsworth came in. But, you know, I'm pretty good at faces. I do the same thing. We also got kind of a noted cameo here. I'm trying to remember. Shelly Miller. 
Sherry Miller played the lawyer, right? And she she was in uh let's see Shits Creek. Yeah, but it was before that. I don't know what else she played in. Oh, she's been around for a while. She's got let me see the total here. 96 acting credits going way so which back I wanted to go in. <laughs> to 1971. Ooh. Well, so she she's been in a lot, probably as a kid actor. I don't know. Uh, she was in Highlander, the original TV series, not the movie. She was in Robocop TV series, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> she was in, and that's probably where I remember her from. My sister watched all that stuff back in the day. Going up, she did a lot of voice acting. She was in, remember the series Odyssey 5? She was in that. That was a short-lived sci-fi. I remember the name. I never watched it. I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was like a space shuttle that got... I thought it was underwater. Or no, that was Sequest. That was Sequest DSV, and I watched that one. (laughs) I liked that one. (laughs) Only because I'm a big ocean fan. (laughs) Sorry that you watched season three. (laughs) Of Sequest? Yeah, that went a little off the rails. Yeah, it did. She was in Continuum. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> Look, that you would and be I, where I started my huge fandom of everything. Would be you continuum. and I. The moment he said it, I'm like, ah, ah, Kelly. We actually covered a few of the continuum episodes on Voices of Defiance. Great series. Oh yeah, I remember doing that. I remember doing that. Yeah, we were doing that just to ever ago. Park uh, podcast in. in between the last two seasons. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was 2015 when I went on set and saw people from the show on <laughs> Continuum. 2015. That was, was only so long. I feel like ago. it was yesterday. How is that like so long ago? Eight years ago. Mm. I mean, look how long it's been possible. since I met Jamie for the first time. That was in 2009 when I think of, I love you. That's, yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that's that story. still my favorite story. <laughs> so, Okay. So for those of you that don't know, and these two look at me like, okay, here it comes. Here it comes. Okay. I love Jamie Murray. <laughs> she comes in in the second season of Warehouse 13. Yeah. So you know we're going to get this story again in a couple of months. Oh, my goodness. We are. It's always a funny story. And then you're going to hear me talk about how I hate the fourth in uh, the third season. Kind of. Anyways, anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. So back in 2009, the cast of Warehouse 13... To include Jamie, but not Joanne Kelly. All of them came to Dallas. Yep. So I pay my VIP ticket, which back then it was only $99. I don't know how we got away with that, but I did it. I paid for it on the spur of the moment I was in. And then I got really, really lucky because for those of you who go to cons, you know that if you're waiting in line for whatever events, whatever panels going on in the inside, right? Say you're the VIP or whatever. That panel, people have to come out. They clear the room, and then they let the next panel people in, right? So I was in there waiting for Peter Weller to shut the heck up because he just got, kept going on and on. I mean, I love history. Don't get me wrong. But he just kept going on and off to the point that they had to usher him off the stage because he went like 30 minutes past the time. Peter Weller was in Odyssey 5, too, by the way. Oh, if it. People don't know he's RoboCop, right? But still, he also does a lot of stuff on the History Channel. Anyways, it worked out in my favor because he talked for so long that they didn't have time to clear out the room. So when he went off the stage and they had just a brief moment in between, people started clearing out and I went from like row 19 to row number two. I didn't even leave the auditorium. I didn't leave. So here I am sitting in front of the table when all of Warehouse 13 people come out. I was second row and I am not moving. I'm sorry. No. So I got to be, I was right there, right in front of Pete and Jamie. All of them came out and I'm like super fangirling so bad. My my, my legs are bouncing and I recorded the whole thing. So you could see, I had it at one time on, yeah, yeah. You see the film is like, it's stupid. It's like, oh, you idiot, right? So I get my autograph with her and I'm listening to her and she's okay. She's so British accent, very posh. And I'm so, I'm like, okay, I could do this. I could do this. It came time to have a photo op with her. And I froze like a deer in headlights. 
And she's like, it's okay, darling. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on, darling. Right? She puts her arm around me. And I'm like, she's like, what's your name? I'm like, I love you. That's all I could say to this woman. Right? That's all I could say. I didn't even tell her my name. She patted me on the back like, like, it's okay. It's okay. Give her some water. She'll be okay. Right? And I went on. And all she was like, "What do you, what do you remember from her?" I'm like, uh, "Her perfume smelled good." <laughs> <laughs> I was like zoned out, but that was the first time meeting Jamie. And I, I've met her three other times since. I flew all the way to Denver for, but so you were skin to skin with Jamie Murray, skin to skin. I got the pictures to prove it, and I my gla- eyes were like glazed over. Yes, that was me meeting Jamie Murray. She's like patting me on the back. Oh, you're so lovely. Come on, Leo. Come on, Mike. Okay. Weren't you also? No, that was somebody else. I was thinking, wasn't that the one where you were pregnant, too? But that was that was somebody else. That was Amanda it? Tapping. That was Amanda Tapping. Okay. That was the Amanda Tapping story. Okay. That was Amanda Tapping. I was five months pregnant when I flew up to Chicago. That was the first Stargate con that I went to. And I was standing in line. But let me tell you, when you're five months pregnant, you got to pee. But it's I didn't no get pee. No, no, no joke. No <laughs> but joke. But I was like the first in the line. And I'm like. No, I can hold it. I can hold it. I can hold it. <laughs> I did. It's going to be worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. Shannon, what was your favorite part of this episode? My favorite part of this episode is when Micah finally discovers that there's something worthwhile, worth her entertaining the idea that there might be something here. So you see this entire episode where she's stuck up, you don't like her character. She's the entire time complaining to Dickens. She wants to leave. She hates everything about it. She won't give anybody the time of day of, uh, you know, nothing. Until the end. Until, I think really until the car accident. Or maybe a little bit before whenever she starts asking him. So that was your vibe that let to tell you to let you know to, to get me out of the way right so maybe there is something more going on here than what my naive eyes can see so i like the end when she's talking about okay well now we got so now and he's like well i thought you didn't believe in this stuff and she's like well now i do because it's on now because now i got something to investigate so i like the end when you see her finally realize that there's something more to this she doesn't know what yet but she's going to get to the bottom of it. So. Yeah. I like that part too. That kick-ass character you have with her. That you don't even see the brilliance of what's coming yet. But I've always, like I said. Those that are just watching it. Give her a chance. To give her a couple episodes in. And then she will relax. She will pull the panties out of the out of the wad. That, she, that Pete told her to write. Calm down. Take them out. Take a breath, and she becomes an amazing agent. She's my favorite. Carolyn, what was your favorite part of this episode? Uh, I just don't one. know if I can <laughs> just one. Um, I don't know if I can pick Cookies. a favorite. <laughs> I really, I mean, I like the stuff that Shannon was saying as well, but I think to me, I really loved Pete's childlike wonder in how he just loved everything about it. Like he's like, well, don't you think this stuff is cool? She's like, no, I don't want to be here. And he's like, but look at all the things. And he wants to touch all the things and just everything. His 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 overjoyedness of just what he has to do. And then, you know, just connecting with the people and then hearing the story about his vibes and why he pays attention to them. You get to know his character a little more. I mean, in the beginning, like the very beginning you're like oh he's going to be one of those characters one of those players right one of those players and then and then you get to see how his character is just kind of this like big kid in a candy store now he's got all these things to play with and he wants to touch everything and but he, he knows wants his to job. play with everything but he knows that he has to do the job that he's got and i love that at the end you see him throwing the football cuz he's like yep I'm going to throw this football and then I'll catch it some other time like, when it I comes found back. My people. Yep. I found my people. Yeah. He's like, I found the people that I am meant to be with. So to me, his, his story and how he develops and how they change him from 
you know, that player guy in the beginning where you're like, oh, God, it's going to be that kind of guy to someone where you're just like, okay, he's going to be fun to watch because he's got this way of looking at the world that's just really fun to watch. And then you get to know Artie and how he argues with the warehouse, like, show me the picture that I want. He's yelling at the warehouse to, you know, get this picture. I mean, another funny part was him doing that a zip line through the uh, <laughs> through the warehouse. Definitely need to work on a better dismount for those things. But yeah, those are those are definitely my favorite parts. What about you, SP? My favorite part is close to what she was just describing. So I'm old. I'm a guy. I kind of self-identify with Artie. Really? So he's going down the zip line, right? And he gets into this special purple room, which we discover exactly what that is later on. But he gets in the special purple room. He finds the painting finally. And then it pans quickly all the way back up to the control room. And his Farnsworth is there. That is so me like, oh my God, now I got it. And then the next scene is him like hobbling with this painting back up to the control room. (laughs) That is the funniest moment and my favorite for me. (laughs) Yep. He can't use, he can't use Edison's tool because you have to have kinetic energy and you got to have someone touching it. So I'm like, you, he had to huff that all the way back. Yes. And then he lays down on, Yes, I feel yeah. that. I feel like yeah. I'm about to die. Dude needs to get on a treadmill or an elliptical. Let's just put it that way. Just walk through the warehouse. That's all he's got to do is just a couple laps through the warehouse. I don't know if I'd want to do a couple laps. I mean, I know the caretakers, but that place is dangerous. <laughs> That's true. You never know what's going to leap up at you. Duck and because, cover. You know, duck and cover. He, 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 hasn't so, gotten those, he hasn't gotten those wires yet. So, you know, the I'll things say can this now because we're going to get... When we get to the end of the series, I'll say it again, but I'm going to say it now. So you're talking about how Artie is talking to the warehouse. Yep. You don't mm-hmm. realize it yet, that it's a living entity, right? Mm-hmm. It feels, it hears. If it doesn't like you, it tells you about it. The whole running joke of smelling apples, I loved it because you go through this entire series and the whole smelling apples thing really became Micah and HG's kind of thing. But at the very end of this series, when they're about to close it up and it's going to go to the next caretaker, do you remember what you saw rolling down the aisle towards him? You finally got to see the warehouse appreciating Artie and he rolls him an apple. Oh, I forgot about that. But I do love that uh, the writers created the warehouse as a character. Yes. And you love how it has it. It has an attitude, and it uh, totally it, has a tune. Yes, it's funny to watch when it you know it irritates the crap out of Artie and just doesn't want to give him what it need what he needs, and either that or you know somebody else that's in there and like oh warehouse doesn't like you in here. A <laughs> little bit of the TARDIS and Doctor Who relationship with the Doctor. Yes, very much so. A love a hate relationship that both of them want to be right. Both of them have to work together. We got about 64 or so of these episodes left. Next time we'll be covering season one, episode two, Renaissance. Renaissance? Resonance? Whatever it is. We'll be covering season one, episode two, Resonance. And that one. We'll be covering that one. We'll cover that one. Episode two. That one. We'll say it again later. (laughs) If you have any comments back to us there's a special email that shannon set up it's warehouse 13 fancast at gmail.com so you can go ahead and get a hold of us there and also these two ladies are very prolific on social media and they have their own accounts carolyn where they can they find you ocean 363 very much of a there's a stitch stitch icon on your on your twitter yes Yes. Stitch is my thing. And Shannon, you have a few Twitters, but I have a few. But really, you can find me at Sci Fi Girl, G U R L. And uh, you're going to notice that by also my second favorite show, which, which is Wine on the Herbs. So that's got Nicole Hot on my icon. Um, you can find me at Trek Worlds too, but I can't remember the underscore, underscore, Trek underscore Worlds. Thank you. We went over this when. <laughs> I produced the Picard season for <laughs> how you. How many of those words? How many times did you have to say that? Well, Every you know what's week. funny is that I just use it. I don't ever look at it. So it's like 
asking my kid's phone number. I don't know. I just I just type it in. But I'm the one who runs Trek Worlds. So whatever questions you have, you want to toss to me there or you can get to me at Sci-Fi Girl. So it's S-Y-F-Y-G-U-R-L. So yeah, we are pretty much on Twitter all the time, especially now that Trek Worlds is back up and running with the new season, which has been amazing so far. I have to throw a simple disclaimer in there because over the weekend, Elon Musk rebranded Twitter and it's now called X. So it yeah. was Twitter. It's now X. Who knows what it'll be called tomorrow? We ain't doing that. So whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever. Uh, you Twitter. can still reach me, whatever he wants to name it. You can still reach me at the same place. <laughs> yeah. That thing that was formerly known as a bird. That's where I'm at. It's Maybe next, blue bird. next week that's we brought, to brought to you by the letter R. <laughs> like like <laughs> it was on like Sesame Street every week. I don't know. So yeah, you can find us there. Any last words, ladies? <laughs> Shannon's happy dance. Like <laughs> Shannon's finally years, getting to do a podcast. You know how many years I've been talking about doing this, and yes. I, I'm yeah, happy I that it's you two because he just would not do it. Nope. And I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with this now. So you know, whatever. I brought you into podcasting. I can bring you out. No, you can't. <laughs> but I did bring you into podcasting. You did bring me into podcasting. You did. I know. I give you, Voices of Defiance. I gave I mean, you the if total. If it wasn't for that, this wouldn't be happening. Exactly. Because I used to be so shy, which is funny because I'm not that way in real life at all. Like, at all. I have no problem getting in your face, but I think it's because <laughs> of the line of work I've done forever. But. Like if if you were asking me to do this during his GWC meetups, it was never going to happen. <laughs> if it required me to get in front of people just for the just for the thought of them sitting and listening to me talk, it would have never done it. Now look at us. Now we're on video, and you could post this all day long, and it wouldn't matter. You're going to see me dance. <laughs> going to see my Winona stuff behind me. I don't have any Warehouse 13 stuff. I yeah. don't either. I was looking for something and all I could come up with was my, you know, my little steampunk necklace and Yeah. I that take was, that back. I have a I have a mouse pad. And tons of shirts. I have tons I was gonna say you have tons of shirts. Well, I am a t shirt queen, yes. I have tons of shirts. And I have you just don't see that's the thing I don't have never liked about Di- the DiFi channel. They don't market any of their stuff. There's a horrible marketing. Someone needs to be like retaught how to do their job because you can't find things. So everything I own is created by people on like Redbubble. I was going to say, and your immense sticker collection from Redbubble. Yes. <laughs> I'm like their number one person, right? I know. You should get, you should get a paid sponsorship for Redbubble. They Red don't Bubble. even know me, but... <laughs> I have so many stickers now, like it, and it goes from show to show, right? So, like, I was all into Warehouse 13 and Firefly and Stargate, Defiance. and I've got a Defiance. I've got all those right now. I got a like a lot Cat Burrell because you know it's Cat Burrell, but at one time I had tons of Jamie. All right, we're gonna go so that Shannon can reload and talk more about Warehouse 13 next time, which will hopefully be next week. We're gonna try to release these weekly. But we are going to have to take some weeks off because it's not an active show. It's been out for 15 years, as I pointed out before. So we'll get it out when we can. So that just means we have to remind people how much that the show is awesome and that we need, they need to I love have, it as much I have as we reminded do. several people that, that it is an amazing show. Yes. It's available. If you're listening to this and you're like, where can I get it right now? It's on Prime. Actually, it's on Freebie. So you can watch it with commercials. All right. See everybody next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us for an episode of the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fancast. You can find all our episodes at warehouse13fancast.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up on our email at warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking out lonewolfpodcasts.com. The intro music is Sci-Fi Hybrid Intro by Soundmake. 
and the outro music is Science Fiction by Tunes to Go. Both were purchased on Pond5.com. I'll just get us in, and then we're going to get going. We're ready. Greetings, and welcome to Artie's Attic Warehouse. 13... Let me help you with that. Want to try that again? So I can just tell you this mic is awesome. This is the first time I've been playing in here with it. You like it? I do. It's pretty cool. You're welcome. It doesn't stink yet. You have one, and he has one. I'm thinking that's his, but there is another this one that's is yours. His. This is yeah. it. I don't know what he's done with it. So if you two are podcasting together, you can podcast on both, but La does not get to podcast with those <laughs> because she will break those. I bought her an indestructible mic for her. She uses that one. You oh guys can use the good she ones. She will break it. Absolutely, she'll break it. Did I tell you, I should probably tell this on the podcast too, but I met Eddie McClintock and Micah. I forgot her name. Joanne Kelly? Yes, thank you. I met both of them in 2015 at Dragon Con. He, oh my God. Eddie McClintock is just... He, he is so energetic. He is such a sweetheart. Okay, so when I was getting my picture with the two of them, I was walking in line and I ended up, well, the guy, uh, the guy before me dropped his hat. And so I bent down to pick it up and I was like, oh, wait, your hat. And Eddie found it and got to the guy faster. And then he came back and he gave me a hug and he's like, thanks for doing that. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> and then we yeah. had this like great picture. I've got this. I think I've, sh- I've probably shown you the picture a million times, yep. but uh, you should it, post it like, again, though. Got this, I should. Well, after our podcast, I will. And uh, I, I like, you know, I have a big cheesy grin. And then when I got up to meet both of them, she was actually really friendly, not as outgoing. She wasn't, She's preserved. Like, Eddie, Eddie is outside his table and he's like, he's in your face kind of like talking. And then she's very reserved. She's sitting behind her desk and, you know, she's very reserved. She was very, very nice. She wanted, she was showing off where she was going to be in a play or something like that for yeah, because right now she does a lot of stage. Yes. But then when I went to see Eddie, you know, and get his autograph on my picture, I told him that I was really bummed that Warehouse 13 got canceled because I think this was literally like right close to it because we were because all the Defiance people were there, too. Well, most of them were there, too. And we were trying to get Defiance renewed at that point. We didn't know it was going to be by sci-fi. Sci-fi, yeah. Yeah crappy freaking sci-fi but i came up to him and i was like i am so bummed like that show was amazing and i really wish they hadn't canceled it he literally just grabbed me and gave me this bear hug hug, and i was like oh (laughs) i think that's when i i like had kind of the same jamie moment that you did i was like (laughs) so in 2009 when they came to dallas what's her real name claudia Allison. Oh, yeah. Allison, she told me that I was her first autograph that she had done in North America. So, really? It, well, it, I guess in America, because in 2009, so when did, when did it start? 2007? No, two, it started when, in 2007. Defiance you, or Warehouse 13? Warehouse. Sci fi, would you? Uh, spy, it was, blah, 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 blah. When, when was it, SP? For Voices of Defiance? No, for no. Warehouse 13. It's 2009, right? 2009. July 2009. 7th, 2009. Okay. So I saw them in December of 2009. So it was still going. So it was her first time coming to Texas. And I, it was her first time coming to a con in America. And I have her first autograph. So, so but Eddie, throughout all that time, he was running up and down the aisles and people would have questions. So energetic. And I've got a video. I've got a video of it somewhere. Where him and Jamie are talking about how they first met on on set, and it is the episode where they first meet her as HG, and and Micah pulls the gun on her, right? But 
they were talking about how he had just had Doritos or something before they had the kissing scene, and then he burped in her mouth, right? So they're going back and forth at it, and it was just the funniest thing to watch. So, but they were also talking about the time limits because you could, you could, they were talking about the time frames that, that Warehouse 13 was being aired, and it was losing, it was losing viewers because they were taking them off that time, mm-hmm. and then they were putting defiance on that time because. About the same time that, like in season three, season three, we stopped seeing so much of HG because mm-hmm. she has of gone defiance. over and she's become Stama. Yep. So that was the uh, one of the same reasons why you saw less, excuse me, less of Roger Cross in Dark Matter as the season progressed because he went to do, no, a less of him in Continuum because yeah. he went to do Dark Matter. Right. Dude was all over the place. He, oh, Roger IM- Cross is like in everything. His IMDb is just everywhere. And his family is so sweet. Like I follow him on Instagram and um, his wife, she's like this yoga master. She can fold herself into these various positions. And I'm like, dude. So that's why but I married so her. Right? sweet too. <laughs> yeah, probably. But she's like adorable. And he'll actually reply to a lot of my messages when I'll, you know, say something. I've or, seen him like, reply he's, to your stuff. He's, he replied. He has done that since Continuum. Do you remember the days of defiance when we would all get so excited oh, because somebody would respond so to us? Because they would reply. And anytime yes. Jamie responded, I'm like, that's me. I know. I could just see you on the other end going. 